0: Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Judge not the play before the play is done. The plot hath many changes. Every day speaks a new scene. The last act. Crowns the play.
1: God love you. The undeniable, unforgettable voice of. The Venerable Fulton Sheen, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. This is Trending. Welcome to the show. That was Fulton Sheen setting the stage, if you like, for the first part of the show today. Good to have you here. It's Brooke Taylor with you back in for Timmery. Fulton Sheen making the comparison of life as a drama. Every day speaks a new scene, he says. Judge not the play before the play is done. The last act crowns the play. And that's something also that John Paul II talked about, the human drama that each one of us lives every day in the gap between the person that I am today and the person that I ought to be. And that's a dramatic situation and always in the hand of the loving father. And that's our story for each one of us. And a new scene is being set now for the beatification of Fulton Sheen, which is what we're going to talk about, my first guest here on the program. There are some new updates, developments. Dr. Peter Howard is launching a new petition So he will be with us for the first half of the show to give us the details about that. And later in the hour, Molly Smith will be joining me. She is the chair of the largest pro-life conference in the United States. It's called Bringing America Back to Life. She's also the executive director of Right to Life in Cleveland, Ohio, and really works tirelessly in the country also outside of the country in canada elsewhere on uh, in all areas of pro-life but she's here to get us up to speed on two major ballot issues in ohio that have made national news as the issue of life goes back to the state level this is really a critical time to be aware and alert one of them that's going to be on the ballot in november is backed by the aclu planned parenthood where they are pumping in 50 million On this amendment in Ohio alone, which for them really isn't significant, perhaps we know they have deep pockets, but there's a specific reason why they're targeting Ohio, which everyone should know about. So we're going to get to that. You don't want to miss this conversation with Molly Smith. Again, that's going to be on the second half of the show here on Trending Today. Joining me now is Dr. Peter Howard. He is a husband, father, Mariologist, international speaker, author, professor, theologian, and the founder of the Fulton Sheen Institute. Been looking forward to this all week because we have some exciting developments and updates to share with you. Welcome to the show, Dr. Howard.
0: Thanks, Brooke. It's great to be with you.
1: Yes, likewise. And, you know, it's interesting in the top of the show there, that audio clip of hearing Archbishop Sheen say in the show, every day speaks a new scene. I just was thinking of your own story too, and I guess maybe we could start there, of how you became one of the world's leading Sheen scholars, the the human drama of your own story. So maybe you can begin with that. How did he even get on your radar?
0: Sure. Well, I always think of something Sheen said. He says, the course of life is determined not by the trivial incidents of day to day, but by a few decisive moments. And mine came at a time in my early to mid-20s where I was taking a personal retreat, and my sister handed me this cassette, stack of cassette tapes and said, hey, uh, Pete, why don't you uh, give this guy a shot? You're going to be on retreat. And this this retreat changed our pastor's life. And I was like, oh, that's pretty big. I'd heard of him, but I just said, I'll give him a shot. So I put him in, you know, and this is a key moment in my life. I'm trying to discern, like, what does God want me to do? What does my future look like? Um, and I, after about two minutes of putting him in, I just didn't leave my car for like three days. And so I listened to the whole thing and, uh, and I knew I had to make a decision. And two things were really clear to me. You know, one was this man is now forever going to be my spiritual director, my life coach, my whatever my vocation ends up being. He's going to be that coach. He's going to be, you know, training my mind um he just had all these answers in one simple retreat that to this very day not only have they just you know run truth in uh, in my life but they have uh they defined my life and and so i never thought you know 25 years later um i'd be you know going around the country and uh, even around the world and 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 spreading the importance of this man who has basically filled all the, the major gaps in my life and I'm absolutely convinced that when he goes into other people's life, no matter where they're coming from, they're going to find those gaps filled as well.
1: Well, with Fulton Sheen, obviously his charismatic, um, incredibly powerful gift of communicating, transmitting what is the gospel truth, the incarnation, salvation history, everything. It's easy to see why you would be attracted to him because you were already a scholar studying saints from around the world and back through time. But were there specific characteristics where you were like, this is my guy?
0: Well, you know, uh, when it comes to Sheen, there's something in addition to simply what he's saying and, and the truth that he masterfully communicates. He was a master communicator of truth. What made me stay in the car for days during that retreat and then just stuck with me is it's like the uh, the passage of scripture where the people are listening to Jesus and they say, who is this man who speaks to us with such authority? Like they've heard lots of people. They've heard other prophets speak and, and, and same here. I've studied under great professors, but this man, all of a sudden, I just felt like he was speaking to my soul and he had a power behind his words that it literally kept me, you know, or made me captive uh, to everything he said. And so like I said, he just stuck with me. He's like the spiritual director I was always longing for that I could have at any moment. Um, and, and so it was that. And then of course seeing how prophetic he was, I said, Oh my gosh, things that I want to communicate to the world that I had convictions about. He's you know given me the reasons behind that half a century before. So I just saw this man was ahead of his times and, uh, and he, and he was more relevant to the times in which we are living not only then, when I first got introduced, but even now, that uh, the world has to wake up to the gift that he is.
1: That's so powerfully true. Every time going back and revisiting his programming, his retreats, like you said, it could have been recorded today and you know just the prophetic nature he talks about communism he talks about patriotism marriage but the issues that that remain and and i want to zero in on the petition and what's going on with his beatification the whole process but i do think your story is notable in terms of the trajectory of your life, how you got to that point where you were in the car listening to those cassette tapes and the events of your childhood. And maybe you could touch on that as well, because ostensibly, you know, through that and through God's providence, it led you here and to that moment. Can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing, particularly the events with your dad and how that changed your life?
0: Sure. Well, Um, Another one of those moments of my life that uh, Shane talks about was my father was in a a serious car accident when I was a freshman in high school, just a few days before Christmas, and it left him paralyzed. Um, I mean, originally, he was found dead. It was a a lot of miracles Mm -hmm. took place, and it was at that moment that my mother really began to sow the foundations of uh, an interior life for me and and my family um, that uh, really, I think, primed me. For when Sheen would come into my life, he would just take it to like a stratospheric level. Um, but my dad's accident you know, it left a void, you know, a trauma in my life. Um, you know, I started seeking deeper formation, trying to find the meaning behind things. Um, and then eventually, you know, down the road, uh, I, I come in, across Fulton Sheen, and he was—he his connection was just so—it was so human at first. Like I just felt like, you know, he was the, like. You know, my father was removed in, in a certain sense from my life, and I feel like he just filled that void. Like I said, I felt like he was a coach and a director at the same time. Um, and, you know, it, it's to find somebody who really gives those answers when you're searching for the meaning in life and what God's purpose is for you um, is, is something that I think is such a treasure And eventually, you know, it kind of put me uh, ahead of my own times because I started speaking about his impact on my life to other people, what he said about our times. And, you know, next thing you know, I find that, uh, you know, the message that people are seeking today, the young people especially, where there's complete disorientation of who they are, what they are, Mm -hmm. Um, I never realized that the areas where Sheen was able to go and fill those Those voids or those areas where I had a lot of deep hurt are now going to be more relevant in reaching um, the audiences of people today that are that are searching for the same things.
1: I know, too, that obviously with Fulton Sheen, his great devotion to Our Lady and to the Rosary, and when you just mentioned your dad, that aspect, too, where as an Irish Catholic family in New Jersey, you had faith and you practiced. But after this tragedy, and I it's so beautifully articulated you saying, I heard once— calling your dad like this permanent tabernacle in your home because being paralyzed he was limited, but yet he was there as a the presence of Christ. And that you began to pray the rosary. So how much did that play in? And I know it it has because you're a Mariologist now.
0: <laughs> it did. Well, you know, Fulton Sheen always referred to our Blessed Mother as the spiritual Trojan horse. And and once she gets into a person's mm. life, she betrays that soul directly to Jesus. <laughs> so Wow. It, it it doesn't things move pretty fast when that happens and yes like what you said about my father was very true you know it, it rung i didn't really see it and understand it until later and it, she helped me to see this was the importance of part a core part of our our christian life um we talk about you know when we're baptized we're uh baptized into the priest prophet and kingship of christ but the priesthood part and she said look we're missing fun, something fundamental here. Jesus was both priest and victim, and his whole life was mm-hmm. an emptying of himself out of love for the salvation of souls. And that's our call. You know, the scene said, look, the, the the best spiritual direction ever is from John the Baptist. He must increase and I must decrease. And I saw that in my father, You know, he was an Irish Catholic, so, you know, he wasn't a, a charismatic personality, but he was a very determined person. And it took him some time when I saw it transfer into his life as far as, he saw he, that he could use that priest victimhood that he was living. He, you know, he didn't know those words, but he, he did it for the same thing. He, all of that was oriented to the, the conversion, the salvation, sanctification of his children. And I, I look back and I'm like, the power of those, those sacrifices behind his prayers, no doubt in my mind, is what helped uh, throughout my life. <laughs> I haven't been an angel uh, in many respects, <laughs> and um, that has always pulled me back. And Sheen did that too. He said if there's one prayer you can guarantee Christ will listen, is to offer up a prayer of suffering for a soul, because every soul has its price. So yeah. I think, gosh, you know, maybe you know, God looking, seeing the whole picture at once and my father's suffering was gonna be something somehow in his mystery Necessary for the salvation of his family, it—it's it, always hit really deep in my heart. And I was a father of, of six, you know. It's—it's always a something that I look to.
1: Powerful, and that—that that self-immolation again. Dr. Peter Howard is with us, founder of the Fulton Sheen Institute. So, what is the latest on the beatification? Of Fulton Sheen, I know the mass wasn't canceled, but delayed. Is that where we stand? Can you get us up to speed?
0: Sure. Well, unfortunately, there isn't like much of a major update in the sense of we are where we are four years ago. But the biggest thing, though, is understanding like where we really are even even back then. You know it was there's nothing that really is standing in the way for the date to be set for Fulton Sheen's beatification, to be you know, done in a month or two months, very much like it was in 2019. It was, not, it was right around this time. As soon as Pope Francis issued the decree approving the miracle, it's the Church is saying Sheen is blessed, now it's simply a ceremonial mass where we proclaim that. So the church is already determined. It's not like the church is kind of thinking, well, is he blessed? Is he not blessed? I don't know what's going on in these secular investigations into all these dioceses, not just in New York, but around the country. And, and there's, kind of, there's a false perception like that, as if these things dictate to the church what it can and can't do, well, um, you know, when and where it proclaims its saints and how it does any of its, of its business. And so, um, you know, we're, literally we're just waiting for a date to be set, and um, it, that that's why the, the latest thing is, is we started this Fulton Sheen movement, is to help draw this to people's attention, to have this petition, to have people sign it, make their voice heard, um, also give people a sense of, of, of hope and restored faith, both in Sheen and in the church, because unnecessary shadows have been introduced in this whole thing, and we want to dispel them. We want to unify all Catholics around the world behind this cause because we need Fulton Sheen and his intercession now more than ever.
1: That's important. I know that's a big part of your movement is the clarity of that. Just to clarify that he has been declared to have heroic virtue and that his life has undergone tremendous scrutiny and that this is important because with the pause, there could be questions, it seems like.
0: Right. Well, the other thing, though, is that this—the icing on the cake, you could say—is is the fact that he a miracle is confirmed, an actual miracle yes. that that proves, Fult, Venerable Fulton Sheen is indeed in heaven, and he's a powerful intercessor. He's among—he is among the blessed in heaven. So that's why this is—it's—it's um, it's a confusing moment that people ask me, and we're just trying to. Basically, simplify and say, "Well, look. Well, the the church leads the world. The world doesn't lead the church. And we. It's precisely in these kinds of moments where there's darkness. And I mean, things are probably not going to get any clearer as far as what's going on in the world and perhaps even within the church. There's so much confusion. This is why the simple declaration that he is blessed is so necessary because then it dispels all the doubts. And secondly. It puts Sheen as a magnet for the kind of wisdom and answers that everybody's searching for right now, and it puts a very, very powerful intercessor. I mean, his first miracle that's approved is a resurrection miracle. <laughs> so we're talking about like, reviving the church, a Eucharistic revival, and all these things. Like, Sheen is the man, it, not only by what the miracles he's obtaining for people, but the way that he lived. So that's really the positive message that we're trying to communicate behind us.
1: I want to get to the petition. We have some amazing Sheen stories. And you just touched on the miracle. So before we get to the break, can you give us just a quick overview? Because that's quite a a cliffhanger, a resurrection. And the story really is remarkable. So take us into that little baby and what happened.
0: Sure. Well, James Fulton is the name of the child. He's grown up uh, a lot since then. But his story began when um, when he was born, he was born without a heartbeat. And he was without a heartbeat for sixty-one minutes, and you know at that time it, that's a pretty much a clear declaration in any other book that uh, that somebody has, has died, and um, and they the family turned to Fulton Sheen in that moment, and they prayed earnestly to him. Others that were around, um, and literally out of nowhere, his he was he, he was revived. He came back to life, and um, and, and they attributed that to that their. They're storming heaven for Fulton Sheen's intercession. And then, of course, the church does its own investigation, you know, with a medical crew and a theological crew, and they confirmed all that. And so um, it's always very significant, not only just to acknowledge the fact that he did um, intercede and mediate a miracle, but the type of miracle, I think, is, is, is so important. So, you know, James Fulton, he's, he's alive and he's well. Um, the Angstrom family is, is doing really well. Uh, in Peoria, Illinois, this is where this took place yeah you know, sheen's hometown um, <laughs> and so yeah it it's uh it's a beautiful, powerful story of um really i think of, of a pro life message too, that was always a, a big part of of sheen's message.
1: Dr. Peter Howard is here. He holds a doctorate in sacred theology from the Angelicum in Rome. He is a husband, father, professor, Mariologist, international speaker, and also part, well, the founder of the Fulton Sheen Institute and the Fulton Sheen Movement. So I want to pick it up there after the break about this petition, how You Can Help, Small, Easy Ways That You Can Make a Difference. This petition really gaining global traction. Also later in the show, Molly Smith, Executive Director of Right to Life in Cleveland will be joining us in Ohio. She has some really i think urgent information as it relates to the pro-life movement impending issues on the ballot which also impacts the rest of the country really can't miss conversation so we will get to those items next the phone lines are open do you have a fulton sheen story one 914 we'd love to hear from you we'll get to that too with dr peter howard it's brooke taylor in for Timmery. we'll be right back here on relevant radio and the app stay with us
0: We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. A girl student at Rosemont College went to the sister saying, I just finished reading Bishop Sheen's work on Three to Get Married. Uh, God and I are willing, but we can't find the man.
1: (laughs) Fulton Sheen had jokes. He was a popular figure in the culture, Obviously, his television show, Life is Worth Living, reaching millions around the country, but he was also a mystic, a philosopher, great prophetic voice as well. Dr. Peter Howard is with me. Welcome back to the show. My name is Brooke Taylor in for This is Trending, and we've been talking about the life of Archbishop Fulton Sheen and also his cause for beatification. Peter, just listening to that clip there, I once had heard that a large portion of his television audience was actually not Catholic. Do you know if that's true?
0: It is true. I mean, 60% of his audience wow. was non-Catholic. And within that demographic, I learned, too, that uh, the, the largest group was, uh, were Jewish.
1: Oh, man. Isn't that something? And just the reach that he had in the culture, obviously winning an Emmy as well at one point.
0: Yes. Well, he had a magnetic personality. I mean, it was interesting. His show was actually destined to fail. It was, people don't realize that. It was kind of like a fill-in show on the Dumont Network, <laughs> and uh, he just shows up. The when the Holy Spirit gets a part of something, God has his own purposes, and then next thing you know, he's reaching 30 million people a week within the next year or two.
1: Mm. Praise be to God. And in, here we are. I want to talk about the petition, because I know, the, again, you are the premier Sheen scholar in the world, and you founded the the Fulton Sheen Institute, the Fulton Sheen Movement, which we've been talking about. And this petition is you got us up to speed on the beatification, but to set the date for the mass. I know you said Dr. Scott Hahn has signed the petition and really people all over the world. So tell us what it is and how we can add our name.
0: Sure. Well, the first thing is everybody right now can go to FultonSheenMovement.com and uh, I mean, there's a there's a vast listenership right now, and if everybody went there and spent about 15 seconds it's sold out that petition, we could not only easily surpass our first goal of 10,000 signatures, but we could exponentially grow that. Um, I just saw there's a half a billion prayers on your on Relevant Radio website to stop abortion. I think Sheen yeah. could get the 200,000 <laughs> pretty easy, especially considering how much he was a part of the pro-life movement. But that's our first goal is this 10,000 mark. And if people can go to FultonSheenMovement.com, it's very, very simple. Fill it out. And below it, it gives it, in the petition, it, it gives a lot of the, what, I, what we've talked about, the history, where, where things are at, why Sheen is so important, why Sheen, why now, uh, his, his impact on the, on, on the ordinary person, on the priest, on leadership, all these areas where you know, we're looking for, for answers, um, as I found them in my own life. Um, he's just the man who's uh, relevant to everything. I mean, <laughs> no pun intended with relevant radio. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but but movement dot com is the place to go, and uh, and I, I I would love to see everybody uh, who's who's listening right now to do that.
1: And in addition to that, I know you're traveling the country for this cause as well. You just had a rally in Chicago, a relevant radio located in Lincolnshire. And obviously, as you mentioned, Peoria, Illinois is the hometown of Fulton Sheen. But that's just one place that you've really been going across the country. And with, I heard, one of Bishop Sheen, Archbishop Sheen's favorite apostolic miters as well.
0: That's right. we I, I just returned from Homer Glen, Illinois, the um, Byzantine parish there, Annunciation parish with Father Thomas Loya, huge Sheen fan. People may know him because he's the he hosts a, a Byzantine podcast called Light of the East that's syndicated everywhere. Uh, but he jumped on this, uh, and he and my and my wife, especially I really owe it to her, they just went with the Holy Spirit, and it was so fitting that our first Sheen rally that was you know that for this petition and this whole movement, um, would be a unification of the Latin Church and the Byzantine Church, because Fulton Sheen was by ritual, people don't really know that. He celebrated the liturgy, in the Byzantine Rite and the Latin Rite, and he, and he historically celebrated the first Byzantine liturgy in English in America, and over 100,000 people showed up for that. So this is, it wasn't a minor thing that took place, um, but uh, we had a great turnout, people from surrounding states, the co-owner of the Chicago Bears, Patrick Pikaski, showed up. He gave a talk about Fulton Sheen. It was a very electrifying to see um, the, the love for Sheen, and, and people really wanted to pray this movement forward.
1: I want to mention because I know that you've had a lot of Fulton Sheen stories as you've started this movement and people just coming out of the woodwork. And I want to add the phone lines again. If you have a Fulton Sheen story, maybe it is a grandma, a grandpa, or you yourself watching Life is Worth Living or hearing about the ways that his spirituality impacted the formation of someone in your family or you, one 914 9149 is the number to call. And you've it sounds like collected a lot Peter over these last months and years
0: yes well it's you know it's keep going and going and going you gotta keep building it up and I think that as as we get more people involved it's just going to be uh, I think I I always I use the word tsunami but I do think it's you know that momentum is gonna build fast especially as they discover him
1: do you have any off the top of your head that come to mind that have impacted you
0: oh the Many, many stories we've had, gosh, I think over a hundred now and, and people who um, are talking about, yeah, what was their discovery with Fulton Sheen? And so it was, one guy was on an airplane and he had wasn't into his faith. He happened to sit next to this man. He was dressed up in this regalia. (laughs) He said, Oh, um, are you, um, are you more than a priest? And he said, Oh no, no, I will always just be a humble priest. And he had a gentle conversation with this gentleman, and then never said who he was or anything, you know, anything, any of his celebrity status. And then this man, shortly after, realized the man he that he saw on TV was the man sitting next to him. So Sheen was a very humble man, and that came across in so many of his dealings. Um, he was a very generous man too. Wow. He he came across a, a young girl. This is another woman who was sharing her, her story that she was receiving her first communion. Bishop Sheen happened to be uh, near the event and came across, and she said, Oh, yeah, I just received my first Holy Communion. And he said, Oh, I feel terrible. I don't have a gift for you. So he just takes the, his zucchetto off of his head and gave it to her. And the woman still has it. <laughs> oh, um, wow. oh it, it, it's really moving just to see the, the kinds of stories. Another one is. Um, as a man I know uh, who shared the story where he was young, he's in his 20s, he's in Washington, DC, and he was there to kind of escort Sheen around for some event. It's the first time ever meeting him. And she went off and he met one of the um, just the cleaning lady there, and he had some questions for her. And, he, and, my, and this man just watched, and he said, he never saw somebody give so much undivided attention as if this woman was the only person in the world as he spoke to her, that it brought him to tears. And then when he ended up talking with Fulton Sheen right afterward, he he just had to share that with him. And then he had that same treatment given to him. And the advice that Sheen gave to him was basically learn how to become a Catholic entrepreneur. You'll be a better evangelist that way. And he listened to that advice. And to this date, he leads an apostolate called Signs and Wonders. People may know of that. His name is Ted Flynn. Um, Mm. I mean, there there are so many um, other stories. We have a friend in Peoria who, for five years, he was sharing a story, and he's on Facebook. And and I remember from the very beginning, as soon as he found out that he has cancer, he's very young, um, and he... Put, he put his faith that Fulton Sheen is going to be the man that they're going to pray for the miracle, and he has a cancer that normally be very, very aggressive and uh, and, and you know not a very long term. It's five years into this. I mean, all things considered, he's doing strong. Um, I was just very blessed to bring the mitre that you mentioned over to his home. We prayed together um, with that, and we are you know we're putting our confidence in in sheen's intercession so you have a lot of uh you know people who from all these different kind of uh you know situations in life who um are are, are, yeah they're finding that that trust like we can't go wrong with this man so that's why you know we want the intercession to grow with his beatification
1: and like you said, for a time such as this, why Sheen, why now? And that's really your mission, one of your mission. Fulton Sheen Institute is the website. You can sign the petition to set the date, to have that mass, to beatify Sheen. And another critical point you talk about is at the heart of a Sheen, the Sheen revival is the Eucharistic and Marian revival as well.
0: Yes. Well... <laughs> sort of like, I don't want to say all roads will lead to Sheen, but it kind of does, whether you're you know, living a life of persecution or finding meaning or whatever it is. Uh, when it comes to the Eucharist, this is the heart of Bishop Fulton Sheen that gave him, but he, he makes no bones about it, that the source of his power to have reached so many souls, to have been used to, to convert so many souls, even some of the most hardened ones, You know, he always says two things. One is always turn to Mary and ask her intercession. But he said, but the the power that he found when it came to, when he spoke and people listening to him over other voices was the fact from the day of his ordination, he made a promise to our Lord to make a daily holy hour before him in the blessed sacrament. And he never broke that promise for 60 years to the point where he also said, I pray every day, that I will drop dead before our Lord in the Blessed sacrament. And he got that wish. They found him in his private chapel there. So his whole life is really defined by his, his, um, his holy hour, and he gives so many reasons why we should make it, you know, let alone the fact that it's the one thing that Jesus asked that his disciples directly, you know, could you not watch one hour? Um, but this is really what defines him. So it's like the Eucharistic uh, revival is tied hand in hand with the Sheen revival. And that's why I believe on a spiritual level, that's why the devil is working so hard to prevent so, something so simple from happening. It's just like a dam that's just up there, that's just waiting to burst. And um, just imagine, you know, I don't know how many, I think it's like 70 million Catholics in this country. You know, it's like 60 million Catholics devoted themselves to a daily holy hour. Even Sheen said that. Just imagine what that would do for the peace of the world. And so, yes, the, he's, I believe he's at the heart of it. And that's why we're trying to bring him to parishes all around the country um, through a you know, special Fulton Sheen event that we call Forged in Fire.
1: Is that also on the website? Because I know you're traveling, as you mentioned, across the country with that mitre and for this cause. And if we want to bring you to to our church or maybe you're visiting already and we can go, uh, is that information there?
0: It is, if it's on FultonSheetandMovement.com, you simply just click on the events uh, link at the top, it'll take you there, give you all the information about it. Um, and yes, I, I don't know how long I'll be blessed to have his miter, I'm, I'm, of course, I'd <laughs> love to have it forever. Um, but while I do have it, I, I really want to bring it to as many places as possible. So, And that's the great starting point, that'll get you set up, connect you uh, with, with how to get that moving very quickly.
1: So the action steps to support uh, the cause are pray, pray for the canonization, number one, of Venerable Fulton Sheen. And that's confusing, I guess, a sidebar on that. Should we call him blessed? Because you said he is blessed. It's just not official. It's unofficial. What's the correct terminology in
0: (laughs) the stage we're Yeah, we are Latin right people. So precision is is everything. So I would say on a very technical level, we can't publicly proclaim him as Blessed Sheen even though the church has determined he is blessed it's sort of like we have to respect (laughs) that step that's there um but the reality the church is he is among the blessed in heaven and he's even i don't say earned but all the requirements to become blessed are fulfilled to the point where the church did say set the date for the mass which is like i said it's a ceremonial moment so yes um but, yes, yeah, you're going through the steps perfectly, you know, praying it forward and assigning the petition, mm-hmm. uh, of course, sharing it. Uh, I'm hoping that everybody who's listening right now will share it with at least 10 people, ideally 20 people. If everybody shared it, who signed it already <laughs> and shared it with 10 or 20 people, we'd be more than half to almost all the way to our, our goal. And so that's very possible. And like I said, this is international. So I think I need to just tap on the Philippines a little bit. They probably take us to like (laughs) 800,000.
1: There's so many Catholics there. Great, great fidelity and zeal for sure. Uh, Fulton Fultonsheen Institute. I know both places will, will get you there. Peter, God bless you for your faithfulness. Dr. Peter Howard, it's exciting. It's edifying to hear about your efforts. We just pray Holy Spirit guidance, a flood of miracles and grace upon the church. And thank you. And we say Fultonsheen, Oropronobis, pray for us. Thank you so much, Dr. Howard.
0: Thank you, Brooke. God bless you.
1: God bless you. It's Brooke Taylor in for Timmery. Molly Smith, Executive Director of Cleveland Right to Life is on deck. She has information really important about two upcoming ballot issues in Ohio, why this is something the entire nation really is paying attention to. So we'll give you the details you need to know next. It's Brooke Taylor in for Timmery here on Trending, back in a moment here on Relevant Radio and the app.
0: Oh, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
1: Welcome back to the show. My name is Brooke Taylor. It has been a pleasure to be with you this week, filling in for Timmery. And we have one more guest here before we, well, before I sign off, I'll be back with you next week, doing news a little bit in the inner life uh, a few days later, but I am really honored now to welcome our next guest and it ties into what's happening, the culture, talking at a decibel higher than I think it's been since perhaps 1973 about the subject of abortion. The Supreme Court did what it should have done last year with the Dobbs decision that was to kick it back to the states. And now there will be 50 iterations of what Justice Alito said in his majority opinion was a profound moral question. But there are some who are, I'll use the word hell-bent on advancing their agenda by hook or by crook, and that is whether a summer of rage vandalizing pro-life ministries or crisis pregnancy centers are pushing through some extreme amendments and just want to stress this isn't about a political party but really when i think of it i go back to the warnings of our lady of fatima of prayer of penance because prayer at the feet of jesus is the way the truth and the life that gives us the necessary clarity to address these issues. And today we're not only seeing the preeminent issue of life as it relates to the preborn child in the womb, but with transgender ideology, which now encompasses pedophilia, child prostitution, And that, believe it or not, is one of the things up on the ballot in Ohio and more states following suit. So that's what we want to talk about a little bit. Molly Smith is here. She is the chair of the largest pro-life conference in the nation. It's called Bringing America Back to Life and the executive director of Right to Life in Cleveland, also podcast host from The Median, a podcast focusing on pro-life issues. Welcome to the show, Molly.
2: Thank you so much, Brooke. It's lovely to be here with you.
1: And thank Thank you for all you do. In the time that we have, I know we've got a lot to unpack. So I guess you know there are two big issues at play in Ohio that I want to get right to both, and then evaluate each. So can you give us, I guess, just a quick overview, and then we'll dig down into the specifics?
2: Sure, absolutely. I'd be honored to do so. And you know, just to bring this up to the attention of your listeners, there is a proposed amendment to the to the Ohio Constitution. Um, which claims that the, what they want to do is to rec- recognize reproductive freedoms. And of course, this was introduced right after the Dobbs decision. Um, and this is their way, they, they, what they want to do is change the constitution to allow abortion as a constitutional right for everybody in Ohio from the moment, right up until the moment of birth. It is very, very extreme. It is, it is a, it is a dangerous. Um, it is. It, it's one of those things where you you sort of shake your head and go, how did this happen? Because it is unbelievably. Um, it, it, it's it's so broad, Brooke, that it, it's it's incredible. So some of what's happening with this, so the, the amendment itself, it removes parental rights, and I'm going to probably just go quickly through them, that the, the, uh, the, the full text of the proposed amendment can be found on Protect Woman Ohio's website, but it says that, um, the right to reproductive freedom is it's called the rights to reproductive freedom with protection for health and safety and the first thing it says is every individual has a right to, to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions including but not limited to the decision to to decisions on contraception fertility treatment continuing one's own pregnancy miscarriage care and abortion but if you think about that it uses language like every individual which immediately wipes out any age restriction. So a 13 year old is now um, allowed by our constitutional right to go in and do whatever they want to do and parents have got no rights whatsoever. It goes on to say that the state shall not directly or indirectly burden, penalize, prohibit, interfere with, or discriminate against either an individual's voluntary exercise of this right or a person or entity that assists an individual exercising this right. Unbelievable. If you sit down for a minute and think about what this means, it says that you, and nobody, an individual, nobody can interfere with that person's um, decision. So again, takes away the parent's rights. It allows abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. It is enshrines, um, uh, it, it allows any kind of reproductive decision, any kind. So a young child can decide that they're going to go and have a sex change, and that individual is allowed to do so without, and and is protected by the Constitution without the parental knowledge of their, 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 their parents' knowledge. It goes on to say that um, the, any person that assists an individual, including a minor, in getting an abortion or sex change would now be, it doesn't say that, but this is what it means, would now be legally protected in doing so. This includes an adult man abusing a teenage girl or a teacher going behind a parent's back. So it's now protecting the abuser. Sex traffickers are are, are protected. Rapists are protected. This is the most dangerous and horrific um, amendment that we could possibly have in Ohio.
1: And certainly the most radical I've seen in my lifetime to to vote. And, yeah. and part of that is because of these outside entities coming in and because of the special interests and the money, the deep pockets, obviously they, they are able to do this. And so the, the special election in August is important because it makes it harder to change the constitution. So we want to vote yes so that the, the voices of the voters are protected, the constitution, and then no, this Issue. This amendment is what's up in November. Is that correct?
2: Absolutely. So it's very confusing, um, but but people are smart. I don't I don't believe for one moment that people can't get this. It's yes in August when we will then we will, higher the the threshold of a constitutional amendment to go take it from 50 percent plus one to sixty percent. Which will make the the, uh, the the changing of a constitution far more difficult, and and actually, and that's the way it should be. We should it should be there should there should be a, a, a difficult um, threshold for us to to, to change our constitution. Did, uh, you know, one of the things um, Brooke that that people don't realise is that Ohio is one of among the nine. Nine states with the weakest standards for passing a constitutional amendment. All states except those nines have higher standards requiring more than a, 50, a simple 50%. And 32% – 32 of the U.S. states don't even allow citizen-initiated initiata- amendments on the ballot. So this is not – this is not anything that's not been done. It's its a very, very uh, doable. We, we should be doing this. We should not be changing our constitution – it, you know, every five minutes, in 172 years of since the, amend, since the Ohio Constitution was put in place and, these, and, the, and the, um, the Constitution was, was ratified, there has been 174 changes to it, as opposed to what the, the U.S. Constitution, which has been amended only 27 times, and of those, the initial 10, the Bill of Rights is, one, is, is part of that, so only
1: 17 times. This is not this Which, is this is what must happen and and it seems yeah. like that's why the groups are targeting Ohio because it's got the weak there's the weak point, and so the, the now, as you travel all over, uh, you're connected with other pro-life leaders across the country. What's the landscape at the moment in terms of things that are emerging that voters in the pro-life community should be aware of?
2: Yeah, you know, I think I think one of the things, and and I do, I I am very confident in our in our base in in our uh, grassroots. What we've seen is that um, the the grassroots are so motivated. Honestly, Brooke, I have never seen it in in the twenty three years that I've been involved at Cleveland Right to Life. I've never seen such motivation from our. It's like organic, just happening everywhere. You know, the, the difference between. How the 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 vote no for, for the for the uh, August um, ballot initiative has taken place? You'll you'll have the party, the Democrat Party, going and dumping you know signs on everybody's lawns, as opposed to the the the, the vote yes, which is our our side of it. People are actually making their own signs. They they're helping to deliver signs. It's not done, run by the party. It is being run, completely run by the grassroots, which is amazing. Absolutely phenomenal to see this. So I am very encouraged. We have over 50 groups that are part of our coalition, Protect Women Ohio, um, that, are, that are out there, that are, are talking to people, that are visiting fairs. It, it's been absolutely phenomenal to watch this. So I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. I am very much encouraged right now.
1: I concur because my uh, boys, some of our our, our, uh, kids, our older boys, they watched Sound of Freedom. And as they left the theater, there was a young man standing outside as if he was waiting for everyone. And he said, did you guys see Sound of Freedom? And they they were kind of cautious. And he said, listen, I want to tell you what's coming up with these two ballot issues. And he got everybody's attention and he had a paper and it broke it down with incredible accuracy. And he was there. And he said it was incredible. My son brought this paper home. He then explained it to us. And he said, I don't know who this guy was, but he was on fire. And I mean, everyone was transfixed listening to him because he spelled it out. And he was circling and he was underlining. And he was saying, this is the verbiage. This is what you, you need to talk about. And it was a beautiful tactic, grassroots. And this is what... You know, I think we need more of. And I had also called down to the right to life in, in different parts of the states. They're all out of signs. They're getting more. You might already Absolutely. actually know this. And so yeah. I think you're right. Not just here. It's, it's really emblematic of what's going on across the nation. And, it, and I know that as you're plugged in, you see that as well.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, the, the, the grassroots from across the nation, uh, you know, people are, are, are calling us and saying, what can we do? How can we help you? Because, uh, you know, we, we do know that that what happens in Ohio, Brook happens, you know, as goes Ohio, so goes the nation. Everybody is watching it. They understand what's going on. They know what's happening. Um, the, and it's, it's, it's in, unbelievable to see the, you know, uh, the, the groundswell from uh, everywhere. You know, Michigan, Pennsylvania, you know, uh, Kentucky—all of these places that actually lost their initiatives, um, you know, lost to the extreme—they um, are now really plugged in. it has been phenomenal. It's been absolutely phenomenal. So I'm—I'm I'm really encouraged right now. You know, and—and and, and the other interesting thing is, it not just the pro-life. It's not just the pro-life groups. It's also people like the Ohio Chamber of Commerce has joined with us because they see the, the danger of having a constitution that's, that is being changed every year just about. Um, the National Federation of Independent Businesses has, has also joined, Ohio Farm Bureau, Ohio Restaurant Association, Ohio Right to, of course, all the Right to Life groups. Ohio Hotel and Lodging Association, Ohio Republican Party, the the, um, several county Republican parties, everybody has taken a a stand on this. So it's been very, very unifying, incredibly unifying. You know, obviously the other side has got lots of money. They've got lots of, we're expecting $50 million dollars to pour into Ohio as soon as the, as the um, August 8th election is finished, uh, ballot initiative thing is finished, and then we're, we're, we're on to November. And there is going to be a lot of money pouring in. So, you know, we, we're, we're going to do it through prayer. There's nothing up. You know, I love the way you start your program, you know, with, with the wonderful prayer. It's going to be through the rosary. We need, we have got so many rosary groups going right now. So, putting it into God's hands you know, through his mother. It's, that's, that's the way we've got to do it.
1: Um, it. Yes, amen. And as scary and bleak as the landscape is, it is also exciting to see these bright lights and more and more. And this is, I think, where true transformation comes because people are waking up and they are getting educated and they are seeing no matter where I am that I'm called, I'm called to this because it's the yeah. preeminent issue and so and as you mentioned, uh, St. Michael and the rosaries and trusting the Blessed Virgin Mary and you, you are a big part, you were a shining lighthouse for years, the faithfulness of your commitment to this cause. Molly Smith, thank you, Executive Director of Cleveland Right to Life, God bless you and thank you and hopefully we can check in again there's still a lot we didn't get to but thank Thank you for offering everything That's you did the absolutely explainer great.
2: absolutely thank you i'm adolbrook give me a, give us a call
1: thank you. thank you molly smith and we pray one of the most fundamental it is moral teachings of the catholic church may be upheld the, the god-given sanctity of human life from conception to natural death in ohio where these ballot issues are forthcoming that we just talked about and around the nation every state in the union and in our world our lady of guadalupe pray for us thank you to both of my guests today Dr. Peter Howard from the Fulton Sheen Institute FultonSheenMovement.com is the website it will be in the show notes and you can sign that globally it's going around the world to get that date for the mass set for the official beatification of Fulton Sheen and thank you to Molly Smith Executive Director of Cleveland Right to Life my name is Brooke Taylor it has been a pleasure to be with you this week on Trending that's it for me for at least today I pray Timoree is having a wonderful vacation and invite you to pray with us in the Family Rosary across America with Father Rocky. Next, big thank you to Jim Shaper and uh, Father Simon. Father Simon's praying the Rosary, um, and Young Thomas on the phone. Fulton so, Sheen, pray for us. God bless you.